Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast. I should have looked at what number episode this was. I think you are now listening uh, to episode 97. 97. Okay. Yeah. All right. That was a that was a blind guess for me. So you're listening to episode. Spot on. Yeah, you're you're listening to episode 97. Um, Matt and I are here together. It's been probably two weeks since we've had a show together, um, but we're back. Yep. We're back. We're uh, gonna run through quickly um, through these games for you guys because I have to go do some strange family stuff. My grandmother did pass a couple days ago, um, so we've been just kind of you know trying to keep everything together, plan the funeral stuff like that. It's it's hectic. It sucks because you don't really you don't get time to grieve. Like when people die, you don't get time to grieve anymore, which is kind of whack, but um it is what it is yeah. i'm glad to be here talking about uh about football which i so dearly love and uh it, it's good to hear from you what, what's going on well we'll be quick but what's going on with you yep just uh soccer with the high school team the high school team is doing well they just won today so now they're nine one and one um and well my little guys are struggling we're oh and four right now a lot of them are new to the sport so right it's been really tough trying to figure out how to get the best out of them so now training is just be all being about wanting to win and just trying to get that um hard tackles and just fighting for the ball that's what i've been pushing for so right two different sides of the game there you got the youth level you got like the rc high school level and now talking about the professional level it's cool to have a take on each aspect of it and to be a part of it so it's good to be back here yeah awesome um, okay, we're going to go ahead and get into the match day seven stuff. Like I said, I got to be quick. Um, so we'll run through the games that have, you know, significance. Um, and the games that don't have significance, I'll just read you the scores. Manchester United 1, Everton 1. This game on October 2nd was, I mean, what what a game this was. Um, I thought Everton opened up looking fantastic, but it ultimately um, was not enough. It, they just couldn't get anything going in terms of scoring. So United struck first, Anthony Martial um, with his second start in the Premier League in uh, recent memory, I would say. Uh, he scored in the 43rd right before halftime. And then Andros Townsend, I mean, what what a what a fucking season he's having himself. Struck back in yep. the 65th um, to ensure that Everton would get a look at the points in this game. United dominated possession, 72% to Everton's 28. Six shots on target for United. Um, just really, they worked the ball very well. I thought that they lined up interestingly. You had Martial and Greenwood out on the wings with Bruno playing right behind Cavani. Um, not what we've seen in recent weeks. My takeaway from this game is that Scott McTominay and Fred are not good enough to be playing in the center of park for Manchester United. A team that has all of this quality cannot rely on those two guys playing DM. They need something better. I don't know if they need to slot Pogba further back. I don't know if they need to look elsewhere in the January transfer window. They need to do something. That is where their weakness is, I, I think. Um, and I yeah. think that's that's where things fell apart in this game. Great result for Everton. I think poor for United. They needed this one, especially after having that result against Aston Villa last week. They really, really needed this one. Um, unfortunate, but, you know, pretty good. Ducore was great, by the way. Yeah, he's another guy for Everton that's having a phenomenal year. He's getting a few goals there, and 
mentioning Townsend. He's got five goals now across nine games in all competitions, which is incredible for him right now. His celebration was awesome, uh, imitating Ronaldo. He said post-match interview, it wasn't the best of executions, but growing up, Ronaldo was a big uh, role model for him. So it was great to do that at Old Trafford. That's a great moment. And you guys got to remember that this is an Everton side that came out with no Richarlson and no DCL. They're top two guys forward. They're playing Rondon, Rondon up there. So, I, I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it to uh, step out amongst everybody and say I think Everton's legit this year. I think it's early on, but I, I think they're solid. They're a much better team this time of the year uh, compared to last year where they were um, in the same spot, just under different management. There's different visions going forward. And I think uh, Rafa's done quality business with the guys he's brought in, and he's getting the job done without star players in the lineup. So, um Cavani starting for United. This I think this was his first start in the Prem this year. Um, this was going to be his line, his year, but Ronaldo move changed everything. And same thing with Greenwood. We we saw Greenwood the first two games up front doing a phenomenal job. So, um, and like you said, the last point I think the, we've known for a few seasons now that McTominay and Fred aren't the aren't the right uh, guys to get that job done. So, and I don't think Pogba is the solution. I think um, your second point of maybe they have to look elsewhere is the right option. And They've, they've invested in their back line for the foreseeable future. They've invested in their strike force in the short term. So I think the next area is that defensive mid area that um, you would know Arsenal struggled for a long time. And yeah. you could argue still are looking for that kind of holding mid spot. So um, this was a bad week for a lot of the big teams. They all dropped a lot of points uh, and it opened the gap for Chelsea to climb back up to the top. So um, I'm, I'm happy to see Everton. Uh, this was a statement game for them. Yeah, I agree. Well, good result for them. Chelsea took on Southampton in, you know, I would say a really, really interesting match. Very entertaining. Um, this game also on Saturday had Chelsea winning 3-1. Chaloba scored in the ninth. Um, James Ward-Prowse struck back with a penalty in the 61st. Timo got himself on the board in the 84th. Chilwell got himself on the board in the 89th. Um, and uh, James Ward-Prowse got a red card in the 77th. That was just... That was brutal. Um, but, yeah, really, really, really good result for Chelsea. They need to, to get a good one here, and they did. Um, some guys that you don't necessarily see all the time on the score sheet getting goals for themselves. Chaloba, I think, is a fantastic young player. That was a takeaway for me. He's very, very good. He can play anywhere um, from, from what I've seen so far. He's just been amazing. Kind of reminds me of, um, what's his name? Uh... Reese James, who can kind of range forward um, and get the job done out on those flanks as well. And I just think that he's very, very good. Uh, Chelsea dominated this game, 62% possession, 20 shots, 9 on target. Really, really good for them. Lukaku didn't necessarily get involved in this game. I saw Antonio Conte um, in the Italian media said uh, TT doesn't know how to use Lukaku, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. I just think that he needs some time. He looked good the first two weeks. He just needs a couple days or a couple weeks to, to get adjusted and, and really get back to his scoring self. But great result for Chelsea. Uh, Southampton can be hard to break down. So that was that was really good to see from them. Yeah, I said this in my prediction. I said this was going to be a really close game. There was a little bit of me that was going to say a draw, and it was looking like it before the red card. The red card changed everything, and you mentioned the nine shots on target and the 20 shots overall. A lot of those came after the red card. I mean, the yeah. the Ben Chilwell goal sequence, there was three shots on target in that in there from Timo and then Aspie off the bar, and then it was a VAR decision for 
Chilwell. It just narrowly went over the line before McCarthy parried it away. So a lot of it was garbage time, you could say, when they had the full domination uh, with the extra man. But I think this was a great performance from, from Southampton. Um, they're kind of in that Wolves position a few weeks ago where um, they're a quality side that just aren't getting the right results. Or I shouldn't say that. I should, there's just not going in their favor. Some calls, like the red card. Um, it was also a VAR decision uh, upgraded to a red card. So there's just it's just not going their way, and I think their strike force is lacking a lot. Um, past couple games, Che Adams has been off the bench, and they've been putting Redman up there, who's not a natural not, uh, number nine. He's more of a 7-11 on the wings. Um, so they're really struggling for their strike force, and uh, hopefully they can get the Ward-Prowse red card appealed because uh, losing your captain for three games, especially in the Premier League, is massive. And with uh, what he provides for this team is crucial. So uh, hope hope for the best for them. Uh, phenomenal job by Chelsea to pounce on this result, especially when the other big teams right there with them all drop points. So long term, this is a great result. Yeah, agreed. Um, all righty, let's move on to Wolves 2, Newcastle 1. Nothing fantastic in this game. Takeaway for me. Uh, was Huang Hee Chan, who scored in the 20th and 58th. I had Newcastle to win or draw in this game because the odds were fantastic. I really liked them to do so. They struck in the 41st, yeah. uh, Jeff Hendrick. And then they were really on the front foot for a while as well. Um, but but ultimately, they couldn't get it done. St. Max had a couple that he bundled um, up towards the goal. And that was, that was really just kind of shitty. But, you know, I think... Uh, Huang Chan coming in, getting two goals for himself. Really, really nice to see. Raul Jimenez played up there, Trincao, and then Huang uh, off on the left. So it was, I mean, that team looks looks really good. Going forward, they're on the front foot more. Um, it seems to me that Bruno Lage plays a different style. I didn't know if I would like it uh, originally, but I think that he's a good fit for this Wolves team. And I think that we could see some of these results um, where Wolves are beating teams that they should beat. Uh, moving forward and that's a good thing you know consistency is key uh what do you think about this one i think he chan's a great addition to this team he yeah. adds a different element in the attack and he's a great support for jimenez and also for triori when he's not going um jimenez did assist both goals to he chan uh he's a quality finisher up there for them right now and uh trincao's a guy who started off the season hot the barcelona loney has uh, kind of fizzled out a little bit uh for newcastle um, yeah, they're, they're, they're a dangerous team, especially on the counterattack with St. Max, but he has to come really far back to receive the ball when uh, Wilson isn't there uh, to partner him. So it's very tough for him to get things going on his own. Uh, Willock hasn't had the same effect as he did in the past, uh, and there are guys on the wing like Jolington and Almiron just weren't there to be enough. Um, they did squeak a goal, which was kind of sketched. It was like a broken down play, and the goalie was way out. So a little weird. Made the game very interesting towards the latter stages. But um, Wolves got the job done. I, I knew they could get the job done here. They're starting to heat up. Um, they're climbing out of that bottom half of the table now. They're right behind Arsenal in 12th uh, with nine points, three wins out of out of the last four. So they're starting to put some fixtures together and starting to believe in the in the manager's tactics and whatnot. And I think it's a, it's a good sign for them going forward. And for Newcastle, there's talks right now that a deal is coming close for new ownership. The new the Saudi guys are coming in to buy in, and Mike Ashley's time might be done after this week. Yeah. Yep. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to Burnley nil, North City nil. To be honest with you, 
I don't think that there's, there's much more that we need to say other than the game ended nil-nil. I think this was just poor. Um, I was hoping to see Josh Sargent get on the score sheet, but alas, uh, we did not get to see that. This was just really kind of average. I look at Burnley's team week in and week out and think, you know, these these guys should should be able to get some goals. Like They should be able to get some results. Because Vidra, I, I think, is good. I think Chris Wood is good. You know what you're going to get from him. Dwight McNeil is good. Uh, Westwood is good. Lennon, and, and there was Brownhill. He started this game as well. You don't necessarily know what you're going to get out of them. Aaron Lennon especially. I mean, he's a journeyman. But I just think that Burnley should be able to beat a, a Norwich side who have been struggling in front of the net really, really, really hard. Um, and they, they weren't able to, you know, Burnley did dominate. They had 57% possession and 14 shots, but only four of those were on target. They need to do better in a game like this. They've been in the Prem for a while now. Norwich just back up struggling as well. Burnley have to do better here. And I think it's, it's poor to come away with, with just a point from this one. Yeah. The first five to 10 minutes, Norwich looked very invested in the game and had some chances, but, uh, Burnley got a grip of the game, and their main plan was to try to find Chris Wood on targets and on whip balls, I should say. And he had his chances, and it just the ball just didn't roll in the right direction for him sometimes. And he's yet to—I think he's only got one goal so far this year in the six six games, which is poor from him because he's had twelve last year and I think nine the previous. So he's got some work to do for them because he's their main scorer, other than uh, McNeil really, and he's coming out of that back line and. Other than that, your center backs get the goals, which isn't, isn't normal. But in Burnley's case, it is. So, um, yeah, you, you would have thought Burnley got this win. Um, but Norwich get their first point of the season. If anything, uh, Daniel Farr can take some positive into that or with that and move on into the next week trying to get their first win. So, um, yeah, I was hoping Josh Sargent would get a goal, but his Premier League time is rough right now. Yes, it certainly is. Okay, so we'll move on. Leeds 1, Watford 0. Their manager, Cisco, Cisco, whatever his name is, was fired off the back of this Leeds win uh, in which Diego Lorente struck in the 18th minute. Leeds were all over this Watford side. Um, they were just all over the place. 20 shots, 4 on target, 67% possession. They were passing circles around uh, Watford with 497 to Watford's 242. So... They played about 100% better than Watford did. All over the park. They were all over the place. This was like Leeds of last year. Um, they ne didn't necessarily convert on all of their chances, but I think that they looked revitalized. They looked lively. Calvin Phillips did um, sustain an injury, I believe, in this game because he, be, uh, he won't be performing with England on international duty. That's what I saw the other day. So that's unlucky. Um, but Leeds looked really good. I think that Watford have a team that will do very, very well under a manager like Claudio Ranieri, who is on his way in. Um, I don't know when that contract is signed, but I know he is the replacement for Cisco. So that's going to be super interesting to watch. Keep your eye out for Watford. Uh, Ismail Assar, Emmanuel, and Josh King, I think all will be players that do very, very well under Ranieri. Uh, I'm super excited to have him back in the Prem. The Prem is better when he's there. What did you think about this one? Um, I was surprised that they sacked their manager so Me soon. Too. I mean, yeah. uh, you're a new club. You're sitting in 15, two wins, a draw, and four losses. I can understand some of that. But they were getting big results against some teams. I mean, get a get a big uh, win over, over Villa early on, a 3-2 thriller, and then 
Palace game, and then you're kind of going back to the losses. So I wasn't expecting anybody to get sacked until like late November, but yeah, I guess it's it's a biz- it's all about the business at the end of the day. So um, the game, though, I was happy that Leeds got the win. I mean, this was the first game for Leeds where they played somebody that hasn't been in the Premier League. It was one of the new teams, and uh, Watford just wasn't up for it. They weren't used to their game style. Uh, and how they play, and they, you could see in the in the stat lines how they were overrun, and uh, Watford just couldn't get anything going going forward. So uh, yeah, just pure domination from Leeds. Yeah, true. Okay, cool. Um, we have Brighton nil, Arsenal nil. I want to tell everybody now. Um, oh wait, where's where's Basuma these days, Matt? I think he wasn't in this game. He had a bit of a injury if i'm correct here okay well he raped someone today and he's going to jail allegedly oh my God. so i wanted to just put that out there it was just, there was a sexual assault that he got in a club and he got arrested the cops dragged him out he got arrested so i don't think we'll be seeing much of eve's basuma um oh no he's been hanging out with mendy <laughs> yeah clearly <laughs> but what i will say is basuma has been one of the best midfielders in the premier league this year Yes. Right alongside Ducore. I don't think anybody would, would disagree with that sentiment. So before before we get into the way this game went, Brighton are going to be a much different team now. They're they're gonna be they're gonna struggle in the middle of the park, whereas before Basuma was cleaning everything up and giving them structure. It's shit's gonna get weird. Um but this game, I think unfortunate, really, really unfortunate for Arsenal. They played off the back foot. Um Brighton were all over the place, kind of swarming. Defensively, I think to ever, uh, I think Arsenal looked good. I was not overly impressed with the way Ben White and Tomiyasu played compared to a week ago and then two weeks ago. But I think that they played well enough to ensure a clean sheet from a Brighton side or you know against a Brighton side that have been playing you know very very well and are towards the top of the table. Um, just in terms of attacking, Smith Rowe had our best chance, but it, it wasn't a fantastic day for Aubameyang or Odegaard. Uh, specifically, just just kind of run of the mill. This is, I'm happy right now. To be honest with you, I'm happy taking a point from this game because I think Brighton are are just slimy and slippery, and can, and games like this can get away from from some clubs. So I was happy to see Arsenal get a point, but it really wasn't anything to write home about. That's for certain. What did you think? Yeah, I thought uh, Brighton getting more of the chances was a little surprising. I mean, with their system. Uh... Comparing against against Mikel's was pretty interesting, and um, I mean, getting twenty shots in total they had, but only two on target. So Arsenal did a good enough job to keep them away from their goal, and I think uh, Mikel putting the same lineup in week in week out really helps, especially the back line getting used to playing with each other. They're all very young. Uh, Tierney being the one with most experience in in the that back line there. Um, so it's good for that, and I think moving forward, this is a good result for them. They can build on. Uh, into the next week against a Palace side that uh, it's a hit or miss. I mean, I said last week that they're a hot team, so we'll see how they line up. But um, I'd like to see Maitland-Niles get some more minutes. I think him in there maybe give Sambi a little bit of a break, somebody with more Premier League experience and uh, has grown up in the club with a lot more passion. I think that can really help them get some more points. Yeah, all right. Okay, let's move on. We have Tottenham 2, Aston Villa 1. Great result. Four Spurs in this one. Um, Pierre Emil Hoiberg scored in the 27th. Ali Watkins struck in the 67th to draw things level. And then Matt Target um, 
Unfortunately, there was an own goal in the 71st, uh, and that was the difference for, for Tottenham. Was that off of Sun? Wasn't it? What, the, the own, own goal? goal? What happened there? I don't remember. I'm not sure either, but they credited Sun with the assist, I think. Okay, so so yeah, Sun must have shot, and the ball must have yeah. glanced off. Okay, that's that's what I thought. Um, yeah. I remember watching it, but just just kind of fuzzily. Uh, good, really, really good. Um, good bounce back game for Tottenham. Seventeen shots, eight on target, fifty-seven percent possession. They dominated the middle of the park, and Dombele looked really good. I think Skip and Hoiberg, um, when they're together, they look really, really good. Um, and then Son looked fantastic in this game as well. My takeaway was that Kane is still not performing the way that we expect. Um, yeah. Ollie Watkins for for Villa looked good. I think. Target and Cash are always pretty solid out there. And then that back line for, for Villa didn't perform great in this game um, when you consider how they usually play. But this was good for, for Tottenham to get three points here. Um, and I think they're still above Arsenal at this moment. Yeah, I mean, this was a hundred hungry dog runs faster game. I mean, yeah. Tottenham needed this win while Villa was kind of still on a high off the United win. Um, so... I think Tottenham going forward now just really need to figure out Harry Kane. I said last week that they depend so much on him because Son isn't that guy that can lead solo. He needs a partner, and Harry Kane's better when he leads from the front. So um, I don't know when they're going to solve that. I don't know if Harry Kane wants it to be solved. Maybe he just wants to keep uh, dragging his feet to leave the club eventually. So I don't know. But um, I think they have a great team built around him there. It's just up to him whether he wants to play. And uh, I knew Ollie Watkins would get a goal in this game. He's been he's been needing one really bad, and ever since he got back from injury, playing up there with things. So uh, unfortunate the way the game ended for them. But uh, Tottenham climbed back up into the top half of the table now, really trying to earn their way back into that top six. Yeah. Okay. We'll move on to West Ham one, Brentford two. Wow, what a fucking game from the Bees. The Bees knock off West Ham, who are at the very top of the table here. Uh, a goal in the 20th from Brian Embuemo. Um, and then a Jared Bowen uh, knockback goal in the 80th to draw things level, only for Joanna Wissa to score at the, in the 94th at the very death of the game to steal all three points. Now, I think West Ham looked very, very good in this game. I don't want to say that they were in the driver's seat because I think Brentford, everything they do is deliberate. You know, it's just seems so, everything seems so choreographed, so deliberate. They have a plan for everything. And it's weird to say because they're a promotion side, but they, they're very, very good and they have a lot of structure and I think they're well coached and the fans are just amazing and everything seems deliberate, even if it's not. Um, so I don't want to say that West Ham were in the driver's seat, but if we look at statistics, I would say that West Ham were the better side here. They were more threatening. They held more possession. They passed more, and they were more accurate with those passes. You know, th they played very, very well. I don't necessarily think we can knock West Ham for the way they played against this Brentford team. We need to—everybody needs to give Brentford credit. They're a tough team to play. Very, very, very tough. Um, and I know when Arsenal lost to them uh, on the season opener— you know, everybody was like, oh, fuck, Arsenal are, are really fucked, you know? Like, th that Brentford team is shit. But I'll be honest, I, I think Brentford are a tough, tough team. Um, and I think that they're taking it to, to all these different clubs. They just took, you know, 
Liverpool to a thriller two weeks ago, 3-3. So we need to give them credit, um, and, and this was a great result for them. It deserved three points, I would say. What do you think? Yeah. They're, I'm looking here. They're unbeaten in all four away games this year that they've played two wins, two draws. Uh, so they're a solid road dog. And I mean, in the table now, they're sitting seventh on 12 points, only one defeat uh, coming. Did they lose two? I'm trying to remember. Oh, they lost to Brighton. That's a weird one. But um, yeah, they're doing really, really well. And like you were saying, with the, the passing and possession, they rank. Rank 18th in possession with only 41%, and they rank second to the bottom with only a 71% pass completion. So uh, they're they're not they don't want the ball. They're okay with sitting back and really digging in the trenches. And once they get the ball, that's when they open things up, and it's a lot of counterattack play. And they they have a great way if they don't want to counterattack fast to find Tooney, who's a big solid frame, to hold the ball up, let the guys get up. Uh, and then they play their possession style. So um, they they have a lot of dimensions and. I picked I picked them to win this game too because um, the way they analyze games and, and strategize it's all analytical. Uh, they look at the stats on every player. They see what what the numbers say for how they play. It's not about the film as much as the numbers. So uh, it's something new that not very many teams do, and clearly it's working for them. And I mean, it always helps grabbing a late winner in the ninety fourth minute too. It certainly does uh, at the depths of the game. So you can't expect that every single game need to close the game out uh sooner but um yeah i mean i think just like everton i said at the top of the show that this brentford team looks solid yeah they do they really really do uh we'll move on to crystal palace to leicester city to talk about a fucking choke job uh kaleshi Nacho scored in the 31st jimmy vardy in the 37th only to let that two nil lead go to shit when Michael Elise scored in the 61st and then Jeffrey Schlopp got himself one in the 72nd. What a last name, dude. Schlopp. I've always thought it was crazy. Um, (laughs) Crystal Palace looked sharp as hell, man. Um, They they opened really poorly, you know, conceded two goals, uh, but they bounced back so hard. 18 shots, four on target, 60% possession for Palace and playing from behind when you when you finish a game playing from behind with sixty percent possession, that means that you were never truly you know out of control. Um, that is, I think, a sign of of not a sign, but a testament to the way that um, Vieira has them playing. Because I think that they have bought into whatever his system is. I don't know what it is because there doesn't seem to be a trademark style. Like these guys seem to have bought into it. They have a couple good results here in the past three or four weeks. I think they've brought in good players, especially um, Odson Edouard, and and they look really good. I mean, to to get a point here against Leicester, who I would say are a team of a much higher quality um, and probably better managed at this point, that's a really good result. So I think Palace needs to be happy with that. Um, it would have been nice to see Palace get up on them earlier instead of kind of sitting back and waiting until the second half to come alive, but a good result for them. Um, really poor from Leicester. You know, they've had a couple hard slips the past couple weeks. Yeah, they've they've really missed Ndidi in this game with a hamstring injury, and that's a huge loss uh, for their setup overall. But um, yeah, I mean, I I said I keep referencing last week's episode. Um, I knew I said I can't trust Leicester until they prove me wrong, and I picked a draw here. And I said my power rankings: Palace is a hot team right now. Um. Vieira's setup, he's made 
in the six games, maybe three lineup changes, those being when Gallagher had to sit out for the Chelsea game, um, Edward coming in for Ben Teke, and as well as uh, Teote coming out of the back line for uh, uh, Guay. So he, he's very consistent with his lineup, uh, just like Arsenal. He's trying to get these guys familiar with each other, how they play, uh, just get the overall chemistry up. And he's just limiting the amount of guys he rotates into that squad because he doesn't want anybody in there who's going to be off-tempo or not on the same key as the other guys. And it really shows uh, that they play the full 90 through. Like you said, they were never out of it on the stats with 60% possession. Um, they just need to be more consistent with their opportunities uh, and, and have good game management. And, and it shows that they're able to get points out of nowhere. So uh, if they can start turning these these uh, draws into wins, they can start climbing out of the table and get out of where they normally finish, which is where they are now in 14th. But Leicester only sits right above them in 13th on eight points. Uh, they, they are probably even worse than Wolves and Southampton in our expectations of performance. This is a team that people have in their top six, top eights at the, at the lowest um, the one thing we both agreed on, though, when we were talking about last week was that we thought Iheanacho would get in this game uh, and start and would help a lot, and he did. The two up front with Vardy is a huge game changer for them, uh, with Madison and Barnes not uh, playing at the high cal- caliber they did last year with the goals and assists. Uh, you need a guy like Iheanacho who's a, a, an out-and-out goal scorer, and he showed it in this game. Yeah, he certainly did. I've been a backer of Kelechi Iheanacho for a while now, and I think that we're approaching that time where he's going to have to take over for Vardy. Uh, maybe not this season, but next, I think. So, All right. Yeah. Liverpool 2, Manchester City 2. I'm going to let you go ahead and take the reins on this one. Did you watch this game or no? I was at my own game with the oh, little guys. Oh, you missed my, the game of the decade. Yeah, my dad, my dad's who's a big Liverpool supporter, let me know that. Uh, I saw the highlights, though, so yeah. I have an idea of how the game went. And, yeah, it's just... Uh, tactical battle like you said with the chelsea man city lineups or the games i should say those are always uh who sets up their team better because um this was definitely one of those games where uh if you weren't able to see it you missed it out and i feel that a little bit but uh from the highlights it was quality chance after quality chance and we the both teams were breaking down the lines and these are back lines that were thinking are top caliber teams that win the champions league and they played man for man here. Both come out in a four three three. So it's pretty much my guys against your guys who does their job better. And right. at the end of the day, it was a stalemate. So uh, I think that ended up being the right result. Maybe Liverpool could have nicked it late on, but it was an incredible showing. All the key guys got the goals with Foden and, and De Bruyne on the City side, as well as Mane and Salah with Salah uh, getting a great solo goal, uh, getting past four guys and putting it away. So... Uh, you love to see it. Uh, you never want to see these games be bored, nil-nil draws and whatnot. You want high energy. And we did get it. So uh, I'm happy with the result for Chelsea's sake. That helps them climb up the table. But as well, um, these clubs have an idea of where they stand now against each other. So uh, it's always a bloodbath, this game, especially over the recent years. Yeah, I thought this was probably my favorite game of the season so far. Um, even over the North London Derby in which Arsenal battered Tottenham. This was just... Really? This was so, so entertaining to watch. You know that no team is ever out of it when these kind of, when, when these like Titans play to, because you have so much quality all over. Um, 
mean, Mo Salah is the best player in the world right now. I don't, I don't, he is, I don't he, understand he, how anybody could argue otherwise. He's, he scored in all, but maybe one game he's played this year. And he's not scoring tap-ins. Like, he's, the, the goal nah. he scored in this game was one of the most ridiculous, filthy goals I've seen in years. It was, it's probably in my top 10. I mean, when he has a ball at his feet, and he, he goes through periods where he's not this good, but right now he is, he is untouchable. He is unbelievable. And I, I kind of feel like I was happy to see it end in a draw. Because I think City, I think City worked really hard to stay in this game, really, really hard, and they mm. did look good. They looked strong. They've looked piss. They looked piss poor against PSG um, last week. So they they needed this. They needed it very badly to maintain their 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 momentum, and they did. And this was just, I mean, if you guys didn't get to see this game, you'll be, you can find it somewhere. If you can't find the game, the full game, go watch the highlights because. It, Football does not get any better than this. It truly does not. This was so entertaining. Yeah, Salah's got nine goals and three assists in 10 games this year, six awesome. of those in the Premier League and seven matches. So he is the most informed player right now up there with uh, Holland. So, yeah. Um, He's a freak. And it's, yeah, it's phenomenal what uh, where he started with, with uh, Chelsea uh, going along the same path as De Bruyne, having to leave and then come back and turn into a superstar. So... Um, you never know. You never can doubt any of these players um, can turn into something crazy like he is now. So uh, it's great to see, and it's 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 a great thing for football in general to get high quality players like this. Yeah, I agree. Okay, that concludes our uh, recap. We're gonna go ahead and run off our picks for you guys this week. I know where I stand on pretty much all of these. Um, oh. What's we up? don't have to do we don't have to do it this week because it's international break. We can do it next week. Oh, get it a week is off international there. break. We got ten days, so we can cut it. We can cut it here. Uh, make it short for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, guys, listen though. I'm gonna give you. There is a game happening this weekend in in London. It's at the Tottenham Stadium. It's it's just not this football. It's American football. Falcons take on the Jets at 9:30 a.m. So that's your football oh this gosh. weekend. And I'm telling you right now, <laughs> hammer Falcons money line. Hammer it hard. And and that's your pick. That's my preview. All right. Even after the Jets even after the Jets got a huge upset. Oh yeah, there's no way they win two in a row. The Jets are the Jets, I I think. Yeah. They got me. They got me good, dude. Ooh. Yeah, uh, all right. Yeah. Um what was I gonna say? Yeah, hopefully US plays tomorrow against Jamaica, so hopefully they can get off on the right foot there. Um yeah, other than that, it's uh back to that international time where the US need to pick up their slack, uh, off to a bad start. But um yeah, we're just rambling at this point. Uh check out all of our socials if you guys haven't seen the latest posts uh with the NFL spreads and whatnot if you're into that. Uh, at post twenty pod on the Instagram, follow us on Twitter as well, same tag for live tweeting of all events and whatnot. Uh, streaming platforms spotify soundcloud apple podcasts uh we're hit we're getting close to that episode 100 uh milestone in a couple weeks here at the uh, probably around like halloween that's when it is um so make sure you tune in for that episode um and other than that anything else you want to add evan uh no kind that's of it. a blank yeah no that's it it's been a while since we've closed out a show together that's why um uh, thank you guys for listening for sure just uh like matt just said Go check all that stuff out, all right? 
Um, check the NFL show out too. I recorded that this morning. It's up now. Uh, and this should be up, I guess, tonight. So thank you guys all for watching, and uh, we'll catch you next week.